Welcome to the DHG podcast series with a focus on life beyond numbers with topics about people, careers and flexibility. And now, here's your host, our Director of Corporate Communications and All Things Fun, Alice Gray Harrison. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of our DHG podcast series. I'm Alice Gray Harrison, your host, and I love this venue because we focus on our life beyond numbers with stories about flexibility, careers, and of course, great stories about our team members. This month, we are celebrating Asian American and Pacific Islander Month. We've been celebrating all of the Heritage Months thus far this year and are really, really looking forward to learning more about Asian American and Pacific Islanders through this month so that we can have a shared understanding of the culture. We also are excited to kick off our newest common interest group, which is the Asian Pacific Islander Network, or for those of us like me who may have short-term memory, APEN, a great way to remember this new common interest group. Joining me today is Rachel Fun. She is a senior associate in the Tyson's office. And Rachel, I'm sure I did my very best pronunciation of your last name. Yeah, you're doing great. Thank you. <laughs> yes. It's fun to learn about new languages and things because, you know, it really stretches how we think about how letters actually go together. So thank you for helping me with that before we started yeah. recording. For sure. And throwing a long, short memory here because I order Starbucks from time to time, but my Starbucks username is like my original legal Chinese name. So they kind of misspell or misread <laughs> my name a thousand times. So you're doing great here. <laughs> Thank you. And I guess you would probably agree with me that one way that we can build a more inclusive environment is take the time to understand and be able to do your best at pronunciation, right? Exactly. That's just a small example of how we can do it. So let's talk about some other ways that we can work together to have shared understanding and build an inclusive environment for all of our team members. Let's start. You have an interesting story. How did you end up at DHG? Well, go back to my grad school years when I was still in Wake Forest. I went through the campus recruiting and met a whole lot of awesome alumni who also work in DHG. They introduced me to the tax managers, partners, and that's also where I met our CEO, Matt Snow, and another partner, Keith Gittens. Then I ended up landing an internship program in Charlotte office, and then that was awesome experience. I really enjoy working uh, in tax and then ended up moving up to Tyson's Corner to start my full-time employment. I always think it's so cool how people end up at DHG going through the recruiting process, interning, and then actually you're working in a different office than you interned in, right? Right. But I have my deep friends all through our DHG offices almost. Like I can see them spreading everywhere that makes me so happy like we have such a great tradition go thanks (laughs) I I bet that our CEO is right there doing it with you right (laughs) yeah (laughs) who also went to Wake Forest okay what was one of the hardest parts like you and I had a moment to catch up before the recording and I just am so 
in awe of your bravery to come to a country and not knowing anybody. So what was the hardest part of moving to the U.S.? Well, I think for first, like language wise, I think I'm pretty much I, I thought I was really good at English. I basically studied English my whole life. My mom's an English teacher. But when I first came to the States, there are still a lot of like slang that my American friends or classmates talk during their daily language. And some of the maybe, you know, like the newly come um, Netflix TV shows that yeah. I didn't pick up the references. Uh-huh. So those are some of the language barriers that I need to pick up through the time and through more and more conversation and interaction with my friends. But they're very nice to help me picking up those language-wise or social-wise uh, problems or questions. I think the most struggle that I had was to leave my mom, oh, leave my yeah. family, since she just went through a chemotherapy before I decided to leave home and go to the United States for a new life. <laughs> I remember I just hop on a one-way international plane with six <laughs> pieces of big <laughs> luggages and knowing nobody and landed up in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. That was... <laughs> pretty hard yes. <laughs> to go away from family and friends and go to a totally new surrounding of you. That's definitely me too. Yes. And I mean, you went to a place that isn't a huge metropolitan area, so there was no public transportation. And I can't imagine exactly. how hard that was. Yeah. Well, I didn't have car until like a year ago. So when I was still a grad school student, I tried to utilize all kinds of public transportation. I remember catching bus <laughs> to go to work when I was interning in Charlotte, which is kind of like a, I mean, to get me to learn more about roads, transportation, culture in different districts in Charlotte, that actually opened up my horizon a little bit, you know, just because I'm in lack of my own transportation vehicle. That, I mean, in turn, get me to know more people. Sure. That I remember I met a really nice lady in a bus stop that we catch the same bus almost at the same time every day. Uh-huh. So that kind of interaction or, I mean, that's, you know, kind of just make me to assimilate like better. Yes. I didn't realize that your mom was an English teacher. So now do you teach your mom stuff <laughs> that you've oh, yeah, learned? For sure. <laughs> yeah, she came to visit two years ago. And uh, that was actually her first time in the United States, despite being English teacher for over 30 years. Wow. Um, that was also like a very interesting mother-daughter trip. And I believe she understood both cultures better Mm -hmm. or like will facilitate her yeah her English teaching as well sure that's awesome so speaking of different things about cultures what's one thing or a couple of things that you want people to understand about your culture yeah I was just gonna say only one (laughs) but talking about that I think me, I was grown up in a town outside of Shanghai metropolitan area. We are really like family oriented, like really value families. And every year when I was working in Shanghai, I came home every year for the 
New Year's, like kind of like Christmas for、uh-huh. Christians here. Yes. But when I was in the United States for the first year, I remember I was in Charlotte interning. That was like mid February, so that's a busy season. But I still get up at four thirty a.m. so that I can join, like I, I can FaceTime my parents when they were gathering at home for the big New Year's dinner, so that I can. Be there. I mean, remotely be there so that they can see me and I can see all of my family sitting around those Chinese round table with the spinning table in between. Yes, have seen those kind of. Yeah, so like everybody will sit around the big table with a big banquet that being laid out in the dining table. That's、wow. really, you know, like the culture. At least what I've been through. Then talking about that, I have to stress that my grandpa might be the best cook in my in my heart. <laughs> like Americans talk about their grandmas, you know, all kinds of grandma recipes. Yes.、So、in my case, it's kind of like my grandpa recipe. Like I still have a pretty Oriental taste bud. I. Kind of hop on the FaceTime call with my grandpa from time to time, even though he's now like in the eighties. He's still trying to use these and then talk with me,、Aww. or I sometimes pump him up for you know his secret recipe for some kind of dishes. So that's really a family value. It's really very important to me and to our culture. That's amazing. I love that story. And next time you and your grandfather. Do some FaceTime cooking. Please invite me. I want to come. <laughs> <Yeah> . Okay. So here at DHG, as I mentioned, we are celebrating this month. Why do you think it's important that we celebrate these heritage months? Well, I think just for the Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, for myself, because I'm ethnically Chinese, it's it's kind of celebrating where I was born, the culture that I was born into, that. Where I was, where I came from, like this was my past. This was my story that、mm-hmm. I've been through. The second is at the right now, like I've been sitting with awesome coworkers, friends from all different backgrounds, and I want to share my own story, what becomes me,、mm-hmm. to my dear friends and coworkers, so that we can enhance some mutual understanding and. We all are in this great workplace that we love. We、mm-hmm. love DHG, and I just wanted to try my best to. I think it's very important for us to celebrate, and I'll try my best to help or organize anything because we want to want our workplace to be very inclusive and diverse, so that people from Whatever backgrounds, language that they spoke when they were a kid, or the culture that they were born into, no matter what those are, they can all thrive、mm-hmm. and succeed in this one DHG. You know, like this is why it's important that for me myself and for the people I love that I want to share my story and、mm-hmm. my workplace too. It's very. Important, I think you stated that so so well. It really is about being one DHG, right? Yeah, it's of wonderful.、Course. I remember when I first came to Tyson's. I also came up here alone. I didn't know anybody here, but my coworkers actually, I think they were really 
from diverse backgrounds, and I'm I'm really happy that I have a launch scan that helps <laughs> me through all those local tips and tricks, or you know, let me know all those Netflix references. Yes, it's, it's like my backbone. I wish everybody who are like me, who were, for example, born into another culture, or having the family who are still. In a different continent, can share my joy that I had. That's wonderful. Living in Metro DC, you have probably a、yeah. lot of wonderful cultural opportunities that you might not have if you lived somewhere smaller. How are you planning to celebrate this special month? Are there different activities happening in Metro DC? I think so. Well, since now it's still COVID setting, like、yeah. not a lot of. Stuff are like live, but still there are huge resources online that we can access. I mean, even though in a smaller city, then you still have the library that have a lot of books, documentaries that we can access. I plan on reading one of the great books that I really loved, which was also adapted into a movie. That's called The Joy Luck Club. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's about several families that the first gen Chinese American mother came to the United States, and they have the second gen、um, American Chinese American daughters, and the stories between them. I really like that story, and it's also kind of Mother's Day approaching, so I wanted to pick that up to reread that book. Well, thank you for mentioning that. I had totally forgotten about that. So, thank you for that mention. That's great.、Yes. So, at DHG, since during this year, we've been celebrating a lot of our heroes, and heroes come、mm-hmm. in all shapes and sizes. And you're considered a hero at DHG for、oh. for having a voice, for helping us understand your culture, and helping us be more inclusive. So, now I turn the tables and I ask you, who's your hero? Well, I think I can name a list of people that can be my hero. I know a lot of people who are actively stood out and spoke out for Asian rights or stop Asian hate and be active about that, like historian Erica Lee or actor Daniel Dekem or like. Basketball player Jeremy Lang; those are like famous names. But I also see like a group of Asian psychologists on Instagram the other day that they voluntarily organize those live therapy sections just to help people go through the tough times. You know, like for the Atlanta shooting, that kind of thing to go through that. That I think is very heroic as well. And also back to our own. DHE community. I wanted to honor my coach and mentor Keith Gittens. He's done tremendous work for Asian American and Pacific Island communities.、Mm. He personally helped me to get better at navigating the Metro DC area, also the U.S. culture. You know, all those kind of sorts. So not only for a career perspective, but also in personal growth, I want to. Honor him as my hero as well. That's amazing, and I know he will be so flattered and honored at、Aww. your kind words. Well, this has been really, really a great time together to catch up, and I've certainly learned from you, and I hope that others too can learn from you. So, thank you for sharing your perspective with us this month. 
Yeah, it's my honor to be here. Thank you, Alistair. Yes, and thank you all for listening to Life at DHG, our premier podcast series. If you like what you just heard, we hope you'll tell your friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out our DHG blog for more great stories about our Life Beyond Numbers. Join us next time for another edition of Life at DHG. DHG.